welcome to Two Boomer Women. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. I've been talking with Boomer women for almost a decade now. (laughs) Well, I guess I've been talking to Boomer women all my adult life. Uh, Reinventing myself several times along the way, though, but always focused on us, Boomer women. With this incarnation of Two Boomer Women, I'll be interviewing other women who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at twoboomerwomen.com. If you want to be a guest on Two Boomer Women, bring it on. There's an application form at the website, too. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value. We know how to do it and we must perpetuate the art form. So, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Two Boomer Women Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Many of you know I had a career in residential complex care. Frailties, dementia, severe health compromises. So, when I read today's guest's bio, I knew I wanted to get her on podcast. If I understand correctly, Lee's dad had dementia, and both of her parents were determined to age in place, although they finally agreed to assisted living. Lee couldn't visit as often as she would have liked, so she decided on a visitor to help out. Mindy could play music and sing songs. She could dance. She could play some games as well as videos and audiobooks. She could share family photos and take video calls. Oh, and she speaks eight different languages. If you're caregiving an elder, you're probably thinking some people have all the luck. We'll get to know Lee, but honestly, we're going to talk about Mindy more than Lee. Lee must be brilliant as she's an inventor. And Mindy, well, she's as bright as Lee can make her because Mindy is a robot, a social robot. Lee St. James, welcome to the Two Boomer Women podcast. Thank you so much for that generous introduction. (laughs) No, that's, I'm just so excited. Uh, Lee, when I was browsing around your website, my rec therapy background was thinking of dozens of different people who could have been stimulated, cheered up, they could have benefited by Mindy, including my own mom and dad. But I'm going to be the polite host and ask you about you first. (laughs) Tell us your story, uh, what you do, and how you came to create Mindy. What exactly is a social robot? Okay, so let me, let me, uh, I can back up a little further, but I'll start with Mindy. I didn't actually invent her, I'm adapting her. So it's a commercially available robot, and I work on the robot apps and the interactions. So it's more of the interface. So we can talk more about that. I consider myself an innovator, but, but um, I mean, I'm, yes, I am inventing a new way to use this, this technology. Let's put it that way. Um, so my background is born and bred in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, went to school for business. So I did an undergrad degree at Western University, and then I did my master's actually in France um, at a school called INSEAD. And uh, in between my undergrad and my master's degree, I worked in uh, marketing, market research and um, also in areas of data analysis. I'm just, I'm very analytical. So I'm, I'm not, if I'm not the type of person that if you're selling a Rolex watch or, you know, perfume or chocolates, I'm not the marketing expert in that. I've always been sort of more interested in technical 
issues and, and technical marketing. So when I graduated with my MBA, I decided to get into the software industry. And that's a little volatile, as you probably know. I was working very hard at a, at a company in Toronto. It was acquired by Symantec. And so I, you know, when I met with the recruiter, as we were going through the outplacement process of down and not with the merger, I said, you know, I'd really like to work, you know, three, four days a week and do community work, you know, other than that. And the recruiter's like, hmm, I don't really have any jobs like that. <laughs> so I said, well, I think I'm going to try something on my own. And I did not have an entrepreneurial bone in my body. Like I did not think that I was an entrepreneur, but I just wanted some freedom, uh, you know, after having so sort of worked in, in corporate life for a while. So I started consulting and, and just exploring and that maybe that is sort of why I'm sort of inventing a new way of, you know, living my life. I was listening to one of your previous podcasts, you know, with, with somebody also sort of decided you can do whatever you want, like set your mind to it and you can, you know, make it happen. Right. So, so I, I started consulting and, and just, I, I don't know how I did it. I just kept going, you know, I kept thinking and gave giving myself six months at a time. And then I was like, okay, I'll get a real job if this doesn't work out. And I did that for like 16 years. <laughs> and then, uh, let me see, I guess I was a bit of a workaholic and uh, didn't really have much of a social life. And so I, uh, at one point I came to, in my life, I just said, you know, I don't want to do this. Like I don't have anything else to prove in terms of my career, but I really want to get married and have kids. <laughs> like I'm kind of, time is passing me by. So, um, you know, I did a lot of, you know, I guess online dating wasn't quite as developed at that time. There was like phone stuff and whatever. Anyway, I finally ended up meeting my husband and we got married, uh, you know, first and only, you know, marriage for both of us um, in our, I guess I, I had just turned 40 or 41 and we had our son, I was 45. And when my son was born, I kept thinking I could still, you know, be an entrepreneur and do my own thing. And it was just like impossible. It was just like, I'm losing my mind. So I um, actually decided at that point to um, try to get back and be an employee. Um, so I kind of took a number of steps back in terms of salary and, and economic position, but I just needed like a, you know, basic job that I could like turn off at the end of the day. And I did that for about four or five years. And then again, went through a downsizing reorg sort of thing. They needed to like cut back on overhead or whatever. And, and I got laid off and I went, wow, it's really not, you know, as secure as one would think to have a full-time job. So I went back to being an entrepreneur <laughs> and I was consulting with a company that a brilliant woman uh, wanted me to come in and help her scale her business, which I did. And then they were working on robot apps and, you know, so I'm always constantly learning and, and, you know, and I love being a consultant because you can, you know, get exposed to so many different industries and so many different people. And so here I was, you know, commuting an hour and a half a day from our, we were living outside Toronto and I was going into downtown Toronto and commuting. It was just exhausting, but, but exhilarating because I, you know, it's kind of had my career mojo back. I was having fun. And then my parents started to experience some pretty severe, you know, health concerns. My dad was diagnosed with a form of dementia called Lewy body. And um, he would, you know, disappear. You know, my, my parents had sort of downsized to an apartment, but they, you know, my dad would like leave the apartment at two or three or four in the morning, having a hallucination that there was, he had to get out, he had to get out. You know, he could be just wearing his pajamas. It'd be like minus, you know, 25 degrees Celsius. 
And, you know, my mom would find him, you know, or the police would find him and, you know, bring him home. So I'd get these calls as I'm driving into work in the morning, you know, your father left the apartment and, you know, I don't know where he is. And you're just like, what do I do? What do I do? This, that stress was just driving me insane. And I kept thinking, you know, robots should be able to help. And I just kept noodling it around and I could tell that my father was, was getting worse. We were, we were, as, as you said in your intro, we were able to get my parents into assisted living. Finally, they surrendered and realized that they did, you know, need some help, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I can, I can, we'll talk some more about sort of the, the evolution and how I actually launched social robots, but it was really my, my journey has been all over the map and, and fundamentally, you know, chose my family over, you know, my career um, multiple times and, uh, and I don't have any regrets. Yeah. And it's such a nice place to be as a woman, if you can find that place where, you know, you're, you're work, career, whatever you want to call it, your family, your children, and your parents, as you say, that sandwich generation, you know, so many women struggle so hard and, and can't find the compromise. Mm-hmm. But when you can, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool, pretty rewarding. Yeah. So, and one less stress. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. I, I can see Mindy sitting beside you. Can you introduce me to Mindy? I just am so excited about this. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't, you know, watching this visually, let me just explain that Mindy is about 40 inches high. She has a round head with uh, two sort of black eyes and the eyes, there's a camera in one of the eyes. Um, I'm just turning on power at the back and she goes through a bit of a sort of a Tai Chi uh, exercise. <laughs> and I've got her strapped to a, a trolley right now because I'm taking her out a little bit later, but um, she's, got a 10 inch uh, Android tablet on her chest. And this robot was initially designed for children. She's going to start talking soon. So she'll probably interrupt me and make sure that the Wi-Fi is connected. Oh. What can I do for you? Thank you for charging me. But I'm so sorry. The promoters will be disabled I will play with you after charging. Wi-Fi is connected. Action power connected. Okay, so you, I just raised the volume on her. As you can see, that's pretty easy. So if you know how to use a smartphone or a tablet, you can pretty much use um, this robot. And so what I'm trying to do with Mindy is to introduce her to recreation leaders and staff at retirement homes and long-term care facilities. I think in the U.S. they call them nursing homes. And um, basically share this robot among the residents so that they can have more engaging activities when the staff and volunteers aren't, you know, able to get to everybody and give them as as much time as they want, right? So the idea of of Mindy bringing her around, it could be one-on-one visits for people who maybe don't want to leave their room or are not comfortable. My father was a bit of an introvert, so he didn't really um, feel lonely, but he was started to experience a lot of symptoms related to social isolation. He just wasn't engaging his brain enough and meeting enough people to, you know, that, that it, you know, it just, it, it impacted his cognitive health so, so badly, but the robot can also be used in group settings. So, you know, again, many recreation leaders find themselves having to connect, connect group activities. And it could be, you know, five people, it could be 10 people, it could be 40 people. And if it's just one person, that can be a little stressful and overwhelming for the staff and our volunteers. 
And so Mindy can actually provide some extra attention and gives, you know, the, the residents and, and what I'll call the guests, you know, a little bit more interesting, you know, activities and things to learn. Um, so one of the misconceptions I think that people have is that once people go into these homes, they're kind of like, you know, put out to pasture and there's nothing else for them to learn, but they're actually very excited to meet Mindy and really interested in seeing what can she do and how can they learn how to engage with her, right? So whether it's a math game or, you know, listening to music and, you know, reminiscing or learning new songs, right? It could be reading audiobooks, it could be um, playing word games or trivia, things like that. So we're constantly innovating new applications and new um, ways for people to engage with them. And it really is limited only by the imagination of the recreation staff at this point. And how hard is it for the recreation staff to program her? Like what, what role, how does she come? And then what role do they play in making her adapted to whatever the needs are? Yeah. So right now that's, that's part of the service that we would offer. So we try to customize the, the robot for each facility. I mean, when I say customize, I'm not saying huge amounts of programming or whatever, just to be able to say, do your residents like Italian music, Irish music, you know, Elvis, the beach boys, like tell me what they like and we'll, you know, get, get it preloaded and ready to go on your device. What kind of games do they like? Oh, we're not sure. Okay. Well, I try to make a number of games available to them and I can, make it very easy to update. Um, I'm actually working with a systems integrator right now to allow me um, or our, our um, head office to be able to remotely, you know, upload new content and new apps Sort of, you know, if it's Christmas time, okay, here are four new songs that you can add, or here's, you know, four suggestions of activities that Hi, you might do. <laughs> she's right now, she's looking at a picture of my son on the wall. And she thinks that's a person. So her cat. <laughs> She moved. It was funny because she, she, her head started to move and I'm thinking, I, I was so engaged with her that I was like tuning you out for a split second. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so the, the, the recreation staff really, um, and volunteers, I, and I keep, you know, emphasizing volunteers because it really is something that can be learned in about 10 or 15 minutes. If you know how to use a smartphone, the hardest part, honestly, is making sure that Mindy's set up and connected to a Wi-Fi or a hotspot. Um, and that if you wanted to use um, certain things like movement and speech to text, you typically would have a separate tablet. You would basically connect the tablet to the same Wi-Fi and, um, and then you can, you know, type in phrases or whatnot. The best um, use of Mindy obviously is if you plan the activities right so I have a study that's working that's starting on Monday and they have like eight days of activities planned very clear and so the idea is so that I can prepare the robot properly but then also the staff they'll know okay I need to you know I know we're going to be meeting these six residents okay type in in advance you know hi Mary hi Jane you know hi Joe you know whatever then the speech to text uh, or the, sorry, the text to speech function is, uh, um, you know, faster rather than having to type it in as you're, you know, doing it live sort of thing. Um, so, so those are some of the ways that the robot um, is, is being used and can be customized. But a lot of it is just asking people, what would you like to see? You know, what kind of music would you like to listen to? What games would you like to play? And then, you know, going to the robot. So the robot has a tablet on its chest, as I said, it has songs, stories. You can, I've, I've downloaded certain um, games, you know, word games, jigsaw puzzles and things like that. Trying to, this is still sort of at an MVP stage, I would say, minimum viable product. So 
trying to expand and, and raise funding so that we can get custom apps made, right? So many of the apps right now, they're available for free for download off Google Play Store. They have a lot of pop-ups and their whole revenue model is trying to get people to sell things and buy more stuff after you've got the free stuff. And what I'm trying to do is to be able to sell the robot to the retirement home with a number of apps that are custom designed without those pop-ups, without those annoying requests for your password or login using Facebook or whatever. I don't want any security issues when we go into these facilities. So nobody's adding, you know, their credit card or their, you know, name and email or anything. My name is (laughs) So she just said, hi, my name is iPal. So that's one of the, the things I'm trying to modify is to be able to get her to say her name is Mindy sort of automatically. So there's a robot operating system and then the uh, Android uh, tablet operating system and they connect to each other. Right now, I don't have permissions to edit the um, the robots operating system, but that's I'm working with the manufacturer to allow that to happen. So if a facility conceivably had, oh, I've got a billion questions, say two... Two social robots. Could one be named Mindy and the other Joe or something? Yes. Well, in fact, I have <laughs> Mindy. I chose the name Mindy um, after doing like a baby name search. And it was like after the German for love and the Greek for honey. And, you know, it, I just I thought it was wonderful. And I think it's also uh, traces back to the name Melinda, which is grace or something like that. It's graceful or something. So um, I sold my first two robots. Bye. To Canada College in North Bay, Ontario, and they they because they were getting confused about calling them both Mindy, um, they called the other one Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that takes you back for those of us who remember Robin Williams and that exactly. wonderful TV series Mark and Mindy. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny, but not intentional. But but um, you know, people can name their robots anything they want, and that's that's a, one of the other things. I'm just gonna touch the top of her. If I touch her head, she will. I need a rest. I need a rest. So that's just an easy way to get her to stop interrupting you. Uh, So where was I in terms of naming them? So one of the things that's different about, you know, a tablet or your cell phone compared to a robot is that, you know, people don't typically name their tablets, but everybody names their robots. So I use the name Mindy because I love it so much. And there are lots of Mindy's out there. But um, if you have multiple in one facility, you can name them whatever you want, right? So I have lots of names. I, I mean, the robots that we worked with at the original facility, you know, we had Greek god names like Safi. And um, we, uh, we used Leo was one of my f- fun little names. And I have a French robot that I call Remy. So, you know, there's lots of different ways. I've got another in our roadmap, you know, one to help kids with bullying called Rocky, you know, so, so you just, you have to come up with these names just to, you know, have fun with it and, and, you know, feel like you're dealing with a persona because that's really what I'm trying to do. Right. So you mentioned earlier that Mindy has um, eight, speaks eight languages. She also has 12 different voices. So you can pick different voices. So I can pick, I've chosen to send her out and set her up with a young girl's voice, but you can have like, you know, a British, you know, female, uh, an Australian male voice. You can have a young boy, you can have, you know, like there's all kinds. And you can also adjust the speed of which she, at which she speaks and the tone. So again, because certain people have hearing deficits or they, you know, and you can, uh, you saw me adjust the volume. There's lots of different ways that you can use this technology to help people but for me, it's really important, and I'll get, I'm now getting around to finally just defining what is a social robot. For me, you know, there are lots of different ways people uh, 
define robots and, and I'm not going to argue with any of the experts out there, but for me, the social robot is really about reduce, uh, you know, technology that can be used to reduce social isolation, loneliness, and boredom. So I'm not looking to vacuum, you know, like it's so people have Roomba vacuums or whatever, the different, you know, tools that you have service robots to, you know, carry trays of food in a restaurant or whatever. That's great. And they're very helpful. But I think that there's this area of social connection and engagement that is is really undervalued in our society. And especially after COVID, like I launched this business in the fall of 2019. But um, now people are really understand a lot more about the impact of social isolation, not just on older adults, but on, you know, young teens and, and you know, adults, everybody, you know, somebody, there's such a trend now to living on your own. And with COVID, people just started to, you know, get a little angry and, um, and down. And, and there's lots of different um, research on the impact of social isolation. So for me, social robots and, and the, the business that I founded, I use that very generic name, social robots, because, you know, I, I think that it's important to realize that, that robots can be used to help us. And it's not uh, to take over jobs. So, you know, one of the concerns that a lot of people have in North America, especially is, oh, you know, all the robots are going to take our jobs. And that's tracing back to the collapse of the manufacturing sector and the, you know, transformation of a lot of um, industrial processes to use automation to, you know, eliminate dirty, dangerous and dull jobs. But when I did my research and I was really, honestly, I was hoping that I just keep consulting and doing my own paid gig and find somebody who had a solution for robots and then I could just get them into my parents, you know, residence or, you know, buy one for them and to be done with it. But I found that, that they're not, there's so much, certainly, you know, many males are interested in the mechanical, you know, mechatronics aside, you know, what robots can do. There aren't that many women doing robots and there are the the ones that are, I think are doing really exciting, interesting work. Um, Many of them are involved in telepresence uh, medicine. And so you'll see, oh, she, she just heard a special word and she wants to start working again. Um, so I'm going to turn her off now. Just, I, I can show you more later, but um, show you how easy it is to turn her off. <laughs> That's it. She's turned off. She's not listening to our conversation or anything. So for me, social robots are really uh, about engaging with people and helping people engage with each other. And that, to me, I think is quite an important distinction. So um, I know that there are a couple of robots that are out there and they're, they're marketing themselves as, as like, oh, you know, this will be your new best friend or, you know, like, and it's, to me, that's really creepy. I don't, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a computer, like it's like a computer with, you know, plastic around it. It's not, it's not a person. And even though it has humanoid features, and, you know, people want to like shake its hand, do a fist pump, you know, hug it, whatever, you know, pat it on the head. That's fine. But it's kind of like, you know, a grandchild or a puppy dog or whatever. Like you don't, you don't have an intimate relationship with the robot. It's really about what the robot allows for the person to experience. And it's really about that, you know, triggering cer- certain social cues, right. And sort of reminding you how important it is to be kind and caring and, you know, fun and and engaging your brain in different activities. Right. So to me, I love when I, 
when I hear or see examples of the robot helping people get to know each other, right? So somebody, I'll, I'll tell a story about, we took um, Mindy into a retirement home. It was a very first pilot study. It was at the very beginning of March, 2020, just before the lockdowns. It was a, a woman, 72 years old, with had been experiencing dementia. Her niece was just struggling to be her primary caregiver. She would go to the residence, you know, almost every day, you know, for hours trying to help. And the woman was basically just sitting, you know, in a chair, just like, you know, just not responsive, not engaging in anything. So I brought the robot in and you could tell just from looking at her eyes that her eyes were seeing something new. And there was an engagement there that just at a, at a very initial level. And then I did, you know, a little process of what I call like a little meet and greet. And um, I just said, would you like to listen to a song? And I was kind of embarrassed at the time. The only song I had was the children's songs that come preloaded on the robot when I bought it. And it was, you know, so I chose if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And, you know, everybody kind of knows that song, clap your hands, stomp your feet, shout hooray, right? Well, by the end of the song, we were surrounded by a dozen people who had come into the foyer. Everybody's taking pictures and, oh, can I take video? Oh, my God, this is so exciting. And the lady who was there, I was there to introduce her to, her name was Susan. She wanted to hug Mindy. She literally pulls, pulls her arms out, goes like this, can I, and, you know, her niece is like, oh, my God, is that okay? I'm like, of course, there's hard plastic. You can wipe her down. There's no, like, don't worry about, you know, germs or anything like that. It's perfect. She's got a solid base on her feet. She's not going to tip over. And it was exciting. And you could tell, and she was, she was kind of moving her hands. I don't know. I can't remember exactly if she was clapping, making a clapping sound or not. But you could tell that she was listening to the song and that the song had probably brought some you know, reminiscence back and engagement, you know, how music can really impact people with dementia, but it was also the robot form factor. And that was when I knew, I I mean, I guess, you know, being surrounded by a dozen people who are excited too, uh, but I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, this is so exciting for me as an innovator and a founder to, to realize that this, there's something here, we should keep going. And then literally the next week we were, you know, shut down, we were prevented from going into retirement homes in Ontario and uh, so I had to sort of pivot and change my, my plans, but, but I haven't given up and I just keep, keep going. And yeah, so the robot has changed over time. So this, when I first had, had the robot, it had like a five and a half inch tablet on the chest. This newer version just passed quality assurance in, in January. And um, so that's, it's still very new in terms of getting out into the field, but that was a, that was like a, a main um, stumbling block. Anytime we did pilot studies or paid trials or anything like that, they're like, oh, this is really great, but the tablet's really too small. So really important um, product development that I worked with the manufacturer on. And um, now we're ready to, to sell and, or lease robots or help people with fundraising if they're nonprofits and, and just trying to figure out how to get more robots into retirement homes and help more people. You've touched on so many subjects. Everybody knows I come in with notes and, and I'm going to go through them in a minute. But the one thing I wanted to address is just that whole doing people out of a job. Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked at one site where I was the activity person. Okay. And, and that's hard. There's no way you can service very many people, even the large group activities. But, and I've also worked at a place where, um, you know, I was the manager and I had part-time staff. I had full-time staff. And you're still not everywhere. Um, some places have more volunteers than others, you know, so you can just, I, I can only see positive things for Mindy that do not put anybody out of a job. 
you know, just... well, and you know, there are so many job vacancies right now in North America, especially. Um, and if you think about like Asia and even Europe are about 10 to 15 years ahead of us in terms of their demographic shift. But what's coming for us here is that there simply won't be enough people to take care of people over 65. Like the, when they talk about it's a, something I have in one of my blog posts on our uh, website about the dependency ratio and the people in Japan, they, they, they're already accepting and embracing the use of robots and robotic technology because they're, they're, they need people to take care of, you know, and improve the quality of life of older adults, you know, otherwise, you know, you just, well, I mean, we've all heard the terrible, you know, situations that, that occur in terms of neglect and just not, not being able to, to, you know, be around, right? So you can't get people out of their bed or into their wheelchair or out of their wheelchair or, you know, there's so many things that need to be done in a retirement home. If we can add some activities and engaging things while people are waiting or being quartered or, you know, there's, there's just so many, so many potential uses for the robot for sure. Yeah. Now you talked about doing the one-on-ones. Can Mindy be programmed for like, like personally programmed for a number of different people? So she knows that if she's talking to, to Susan, you know, she might talk gardening. If she's talking to Joe, she might talk about, I don't know, the football game or what it, like, I don't, I don't mean specifically, but <laughs> not the, the game, but. Um, so, so that's an interesting question. So technically it is possible. Um, right now, that's not something that I am facilitating or encouraging because the bigger issue that um, people have in congregation facilities is around safety and, and um, privacy. So being able to start, like start small, like when you're trying to introduce new technology like this, it's really important to make sure that you sort of scope it out and, and don't overwhelm people with all the possibilities of what it can do. So what we're trying to do are to find sort of some, you know, the, the most frequently used games or the, the most common topics and things like that so that you can, you know, maybe do book club and talk about things. And so people can decide if they want to come to that book club or not. But what I'm currently doing is, so I, I call it the robot handler. So the robot doesn't operate autonomously it can be sort of brought into somebody's room and then be used by that person, you know, for 15 minutes or 45 minutes or however long they want to use the robot for. And that interaction can be customized by the robot handler to say, okay, now we're in Mary's room and here are the things that she likes to do. And so we'll just, you know, run through some activities that robot handler can leave the room for 10 or 15 minutes or 30 minutes, depending on how long the person's comfortable with the robot on their own. And also their experience, right? Like we did a four-month pilot study in 2021 where the first few times um, the recreation leader took the robot into somebody's room and she wanted to play the math game. Okay, great. Here's how you play it. Okay, great. So the recreation leader showed the resident for the first time or two, and then the resident started becoming more independent. And so by the end of the four months, she was having her weekly visits with Mindy and she was so excited. She was so good at the game and she wanted to talk about you know, all this stuff with her son. And she was, she had so much to say about how, you know, she now knew how to use the robot. Right. So, so that level of independence, I think will grow over time, but it's not where we're starting. Right. And so the idea is if you're like, it's not about, you can't really have a one-to-one conversation where there's back and forth. Right. 
So using text-to-speech is where you sort of have a scripted conversation. There are other types of dialogue flow that are being worked on, and they will be released over time. But right now, I'm just really trying to keep the scope sort of bite-sized chunks so that it doesn't um, threaten people in terms of like, how do they know that about me? Like, I don't want to know, you know, so you have to give permission, right? So it's just like, do you want to have a conversation about gardening or whatever, right? So it's like, okay, yes, I'll be willing to do that. Instead of having somebody program it and say, oh, you know, like the recreation leaders all have files on the residents, right? They know the background and everything else, but just because they have that information doesn't mean that Mindy should have that information. I think it needs, there needs to be a permission based um, process, um, which, you know, can take some time and, and that's fine. It's like, again, we're trying to introduce a new technology and make sure that we don't upset people in that process. You, you made an interesting point where you talked about book club, because if I would have had book club, I would have said this week, we're going to discuss, you know, Jane Austen or something. It's the same thing. It's nice and generic. Um, and those people that were interested in Jane Austen would, would come and those who didn't care just wouldn't. Um, and I guess you could do the same thing in terms of gardening. Today, Mindy's going to, you know, talk about gardening with orchids or something. Yeah. Um, and if someone's interested or had loved orchids, they could come. And if you didn't, then yeah. So, so just keeping it more generic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You were talking about the pandemic and, you know, there's so many things that, well, I won't say so many, but there's several things that a, a place could, a facility could be locked down for. I mean, when norovirus first hit the market or some influenzas, uh, COVID, you know, like, yeah, COVID's been better part of two years. Uh, but, you know, even a month can be a long time for residents to not see family. And I remember norovirus being like the rules around when you could open again were just, oh, my goodness. I just think there's so much potential for a social robot. Yeah, yeah, because even now that COVID, sort of the worst part of COVID hopefully is over, there are still lots of lockdowns. People are going through um, situations where they're still, you know, back in their rooms and they're not, not able to do group activities. And it could just be for a week or, you know, maybe a month. But I, I think that even though it's stressful for the staff, I think that, that the attention has been on like following the rules as opposed to realizing the impact on the residents. And that's, that's where, you know, this idea of social isolation, loneliness, and boredom is, I keep coming back to is my three mantras. It's like, I mean, I've been interested in the retirement home sector since my grandmother went into a nursing home back in the, when was it? The late eighties. You know, and, and I mean, I volunteered in, in retirement homes and just the number of people, you know, just sitting in their wheelchair and, you know, their head kind of hanging because it's heavy and just not, not engaging with anybody, but feeling like that's, that's the best they can do. And I mean, I love the people who, you know, God bless them, who work in retirement homes. I think they're, they're like so heroic. But the constraints on them are just so severe as well in terms of funding and budgeting. And also just, you know, the work itself is, is exhausting. So to be able to bring some joy and some lightness and some fun into that environment to me is just so essential. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's still, it's still in its, its early stages, but the idea I think has legs and I'm just kind of building awareness and trying to find partners and, um, you know, like-minded individuals. And I'm so delighted that you, uh, you have sort of shared the vision that I have of 
realizing that we have to we have to find ways to embrace new technology. We can't just keep doing things the way we've been doing them and hoping we'll find more people or find more money somewhere someday. You know, it's just like, I mean, it's too late for my dad, but it's not too late for others, right? So I just keep keep looking for you know, um, grants for, you know, fundraising. Like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm open to all kinds of solutions. And yeah, it's, you know, I think there are, if I'm not mistaken, 5,000 baby boomers a week are retiring in Canada. And I think it's more on the order of 50,000 in the U S they're about 10 to one to us. So, you know, baby boomers maybe have 15 years before they go into an assisted living facility, but, you know, so if you're 80 years old, where do you go? You need help and you need, you know, you need, you know, maybe it's 85, whatever, but, but it's really, I mean, it, I know it's a bit futuristic still, but that's okay. Cause I want these robots all over the place. when I, when I <laughs> <laughs> Well, even preparing for this, I'm thinking, okay, when I post this on social media, I'm going to take that person, that person, this person, cause you know, like, <laughs> A bunch of my Facebook friends are from previous careers in elder care. And it's just like, oh, man, like all of them are just going to be so excited with this concept. <laughs> so we, we thought a bicycle with a wheelchair on the front was exciting. But <laughs> this, is, this is just amazing. And I mean, so many residents that I encountered that I met, they were still curious. They, you know, they're, they're in care for for a reason. But it doesn't mean that they've they've lost their curiosity or their interest in things. And and I can see, like, if Mindy's even just talking to an individual in the dining room, that, you know, there's going to be a dozen people just keeping an eye, curious, checking it out. And they're going to either wander over or get their wheelchair a bit closer because they're curious. Yeah. You know, so, so if there's any anybody that sort of goes like oh this isn't going to work it's probably management or staff <laughs> it's not going to be the residents well the funny thing is that that staff absolutely love mindy as well they just they're you know wildly <laughs> curious about her when we did our pilot studies last spring so again we did community foundations of canada um facilitated a couple of pilot studies that i was able to do at one at a retirement home and one at a long-term care facility very different, you know, sort of life stages for many of the residents um, and fabulous learning. And when, when we were going in, I had an, I had two assumptions. One that in terms of social isolation um, and loneliness, that on average, there would be about 20% of residents in the retirement home would be experiencing that. It's gone up since COVID, but you know, that was sort of the number, but it was more like 50 to 60% in long-term care facilities. And then I thought maybe 50% of people, you know, one and two would be willing to see Mindy again. And that, that, you know, Mindy wouldn't be for everybody. Like, and that was okay with me, right? Like I was really totally prepared for Mindy to, to sort of turn some people off or, you know, whatever. And what we found was 96% of people wanted to see Mindy again. That doesn't surprise me in the least. <laughs> and it was the, the, the 4% of people that were, like, nah, it's not really my thing. We're really focusing on the fact that it was childish, childlike. And that's partly because it's still an MVP. It's not fully polished. I, you know, I'm not like a multi-million dollar company, you know, running all kinds of customized apps. But so they were seeing, you know, that there were some of those songs that I mentioned earlier, you know, like, if you're happy and you know what, that they thought, oh, that's too childish. I'm not interested in that type of thing. It's like, okay, but what what are you interested in, right? So there was never that sort of follow-up to say, would you be willing if we had this, you know? So, so I was blown away by the 96%, but then also realized that even the 4% I could probably get to, you know, over time. So, uh, so that was quite encouraging as well. 
That's amazing. As I say, 96% doesn't, doesn't surprise me in the least. Now, okay, let's just talk about Mindy. If, if say a family member is watching this and they're living in Regina and their mom is in care in Toronto, could they conceivably buy, and I realize there's a price tag to everything, but if they had the means, could they buy their mother her very own Mindy? Um, that's an interesting question. So, so yes, of course, but I'm really trying to focus on getting Mindy into community settings. So it could be day programs or it could be um, retirement homes or, or facilities because I really do believe in the idea of sharing the technology and using the technology to help people connect with each other. So there are tabletop robots. The LEQ is out there that can be used for people at home. Um, I mean, even Alexa Echo Show, you know, can be used and you can do video calls and things like that. So I think that there are other types of technology uh, that are probably, you know, more appropriate for one-on-one visits. I'm hoping to actually get a, you know, a tabletop version of Mindy that's on the, on the roadmap for the manufacturer. So I'll let, let people know when that's available, but, but truly, um, I, I'm discouraging people from buying a Mindy for themselves because I really think that that furthers the the um, the um, focus on like just one person at a time. I think it's really important for Mindy to be used as a a way to draw people out into those group activities that maybe they aren't you know maybe they're not like a joiner and they don't like to come out to the group activities, but if they had Mindy in their room, you know, with a one-on-one visit for half an hour or an hour one day. And then they knew that Mindy was going to be out, you know, in the music room playing, you know, whatever songs, songs from the fifties or whatever, then maybe they would be tempted to go and sit and enjoy or, you know, do other activities. Right. So, so I think that uh, like my focus really is on solving the problem, not on selling as many robots as I can. Might for me, the social isolation and loneliness and boredom are the key things that, that I, you know, think are important for people's health and, and their, you know, mental health as well as their physical health. And um, so that's really where I'm, I'm placing my focus. Well, it's interesting too. And I'm, I'm going to talk about myself. I'm not dissing any activity staff out there, but you know, those darned activity staff, sometimes they put you on the spot for an answer or a, you know, like a, an experience Whereas Mindy just sort of engages on that more generic level. You can probably sit at the back of the room with Mindy and not be called on specifically. (laughs) (laughs) So once again, for those people who aren't super social or, you know, or my dad was a grumpy old guy. He didn't want to be in the, the center of attention or even part of the groups. But if he was on the fringe, he would have been really taken with uh, with Mindy. I know that. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Now, the other thing you mentioned was the graduation from a, a five-inch monitor, a five-and-a-half-inch monitor to the 10-inch. And, and one of the things I thought about was because the monitor is mounted on a 40-inch robot, yeah. is those arthritic fingers or the weak hands that have so much problem with like either holding a tablet or pressing the right button, that that's a secure mount that makes it probably easier for, you know, that, that older person to actually push the button that they need to push. Yes. And, and in fact, I'm also working again with a systems integrator on voice, voice enabled um, initiating of activities. So to be able to, 
interact with the robot, whether you touch the robot or you just say the answer, right? So I'm working on a trivia game right now, for example, where you can say the answer or you can press the word that comes up on the screen. So um, again, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, I appreciate all of the, the expertise that you have in terms of, you know, there are both physical limitations, auditory and visual, right? So if there are ways that we can make this technology more accessible for everybody, that's kind of, you know, part of the roadmap. But again, you know, it all takes money and time. So we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> Details. <laughs> well, and I mean, okay, even talking money for a minute, you know, like, like our government has certainly been throwing money around because of COVID. And, you know, I, I know a number of facilities that have great fundraising ability, oh. um, but then there, there are some that don't, yeah. you know, so, so somewhere along the way to factor in, you know, like if you have X amount of staff, well, you have X number of Mindy's as well, because Mindy can still be there under lockdown, whereas a volunteer can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Mindy, I mean, I've got her plugged in right now. I'm pretty sure that she's charged enough that I could have her move her hands and arms and things um, if you're interested. But the thing is, you know, you plug her in overnight or, you know, I guess you could do it while I'm doing it during the day. Um, and then, you know, you can take her around to people's rooms and then, you know, out into common areas and then again, plug her in overnight. So she's there when you need her. And, you know, so if somebody doesn't show up, you know, maybe the guitar player is sick or the bingo caller doesn't show up. Well, okay, okay, Mindy's here today to do this, right? Um, so there are some backup plans as well that, you know, that can be used. And, and I really do encourage people to realize that it's, I'm not promoting Mindy as a replacement for those other live forms mm-hmm. of entertainment. And, you know, Mindy can't do arts and crafts, right? Like she has arms and elbows, but, you know, <laughs> she doesn't like her fingers don't, you know, do things, right? So it's important to realize that there's a whole, you know, scope of activities and things that are valuable for people. And really, it's this is about augmenting, you know, the teams that are there and the, you know, the residents themselves. I mean, I have a vision where, you know, at least in, I mean, maybe in nursing homes or long-term care facilities, I mean, I still think there are some people who could be trained to to use Mindy and be the robot handler, but I would love to have residents be, you know, the robot handler for a day or whatever, right? So that it's, they have a sense of purpose, like, okay, my day with Mindy, or I have a half day or two hours with Mindy, and I take her around and I help other people, right? So to me, there's, there's really some interesting ways that older adults can learn how to use the robot and come up with new ideas for things that we should be developing. Right. So that constantly being part of, um, you know, developing an online community of best practices where people can share ideas. Right. We did a a pilot study at at Christmas time. I keep saying pilot study. I should use the term properly. It was more of a trial visit. And um, a volunteer came in on the weekend to call bingo and they saw Mindy for the first time and they thought, oh, I'm going to have Mindy call bingo. And the residents were just overwhelmed with excitement, you know, that Mindy could call bingo, right? And I mean, it was a very manual, slow process with, you know, the person typing in, you know, B15, you know, N32 or whatever the right number is. And then having Mindy say that word, but it's that kind of creativity that, you know, I don't, I don't live, you know, day to day as a recreation leader in a retirement home, but I want all those ideas so that we can find ways to get Mindy to, um, you know, build in those, those capabilities and have some fun with it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just even speaking about the bingo caller is now you have two forms of entertainment. You have the actual bingo game, 
But yeah. then you have this person going, okay, I can do this. I'm going to tell Mindy what to say, yeah. you know? And uh, yeah. So once again, as I say, two forms of entertainment in one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and residents love that. And, and even just speaking about residents being the, the Mindy handler, Mm-hmm. I used to have at every election, like either federal or provincial, I'd have the local candidates in for an all candidates meeting. And I would just be blown away by, by some of the concepts and questions that residents would ask, you know, and you sort of think that they're, they're old and frail and they're not tuned in, but no, they're really smart. So uh, yeah, I, I learned to never underestimate residents. So uh, yeah, so they'd be able to figure that out, or some of them would. Yeah. No problem at all. Okay, I'm. I'm <laughs> I just love this. This is great. It, okay, show us Mindy. Tell us what she can okay. do. So let me uh, get her turned on again. Oh look at she's opening her arms. <laughs> So I'm just getting my tablet uh, started up and running. So when you turn her on, she stretches her arms. Yes. Her tablet comes to life. Wake me up. What can I do for you? Movie is open. (laughs) Wi-Fi is connected. Okay, is that volume okay? I can turn her up a little bit. Yeah, no, I was just thinking that she speaks slow enough to understand or to be understand and good. Thanks for coming to see me. Okay, so my tablet's just taking a little bit of time to... Well, and I can see that voice too. I, I can't speak to the fellas, but especially the women would remind them of a grandchild or something like that. So, you know, you can't help but love her when she starts talking with that lovely little voice. And I realize you said you could, she could have other voices, but yeah, yeah I should think uh, it could be uh, interesting to see what would be chosen. Yeah, so let me just see here. My tablet's... Hi. Good okay, so there's an app on the tablet called iRemoter. Okay. Turn this up so you can see it a bit better. And so basically, this the robot is connected to my Wi-Fi. The tablet connects to the same Wi-Fi. And then I press the little robot button and I wait for the robot to appear. Let me just make sure that my Wi-Fi is connected. As I said, the hardest part is getting the tablet connected to the robot. There it is. Okay, so now the the robot shows up there, and I connect it. And now all the media that's on the robot appears in the very first column, and then there are phrases in the middle here, and then arm movements in the third column, and then facial expressions in the fourth column. So I usually start with the arm movements because that's always the thing that gets people a little bit. Let me just make sure that you can see her there. So if I do, I like she puts her arms on her hips. Oops, wait a sec. She just just, just connected somehow. So there she puts her arms in her wrist. That's called arms akimbo. That's this one here. And then I. So somebody could conceivably play Simon Says with her then. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Mindy says do this. Mindy says do that. That's right. Yeah. Hi. Good Mindy. Hello. My name is Mindy. I'd like to visit a retirement homes and meet new people. Would you like to hear a song? I'd like to visit retirement homes and meet new people. I got impatient and I pressed it too fast. So the second time. Um, So yeah, and then in terms of the songs. So um, let me just see here if this will play. I'm not sure if it will play or not. Yeah. Happy birthday. 
she sounds so much better than I did when I had to sing that when I worked with her. <laughs> I see my sister and her children, or her daughter and son-in-law, who are professional musicians. So um, that's one of the customized versions uh, of content that I've developed. So there is another um, version of Happy Birthday that comes preloaded. And I'm trying to figure out how to take off the preloaded stuff when I have new content to put on. But yeah, so there are facial expressions as well. I'm not sure if you can see that she has sort of LED lights for her eyebrows and her mouth. I did notice that in one of the videos on your website. Yeah, and so you can have her do different things, including looking surprised, naughty, being shy. And and she also, oops, that was kind of, she stuck her tongue out when she was being naughty. And then, Hi, good news. And then uh, there are also uh, LED lights around her eyes. So So, for example, I think when she's thinking there's one that says thinking and so the the light kind of goes around as if you know your brain is sort of thinking so yeah that's happening now and her eyebrows kind of go up so it's fun they like they have different things that they do now when you talk when you're explaining this to me she's looking directly at you whereas when she was singing happy birthday she was sort of looking straight ahead did you do that or does she sort of uh echolocate your voice so that no, it's the robot operating system is using the camera in her eye. She's trying to figure out oh, there's a person here because they okay. sort of recognize something that's human like. Yep. And so that's you sort of move her around. So she, oh, right. Yeah. And then she kind of gets lost. So you can see that she's moving around now as I sort of move my face around. Um, so that's, again, one of the enhancements, but from the iPal one to the iPal two. Um, was to improve that sort of uh, recognition of, of like people that they're, they're trying to make face contact, like eye contact with other people. But some of it, some of it is still um, being optimized. I was gonna. There's something called firmware on the robots that needs to be updated. But I, because I'm going to a trial visit tomorrow, I didn't want to do something and then have the robot, you know, sort of have have some some sort of issue. So it's like. So things like that, like she's saying, hi, good news. And I'm just like, okay, but I didn't, I didn't ask her to say that. So that's kind of unprompted. That's within the robot operating system. And I'm trying to figure out what's involved. And I'm sure that if I had a, you know, a really good app developer on my team that I could get that resolved fairly quickly, but I can't afford one right now. So it'll all, all come in due course. <laughs> uh, that is just absolutely amazing. Now I'm going to back the bus up even sort of pre-podcast you're a developer. You obviously know more about computers and all that stuff than most of us. I didn't even know a, a, a robot that looked like a person existed, a social robot existed. Are they relatively out there for people who know about them, or are they still just really in the developmental stage? Um, no, they're out there. Um, again, more in Asia and okay. a little bit in Europe than they are here in North America. So the company that manufactures this robot is actually focusing on the education market um, as their sort of market entry into the U.S. And so they are really focusing on schools. And um, so that's why all the preloaded content for children and things like that. So there are a number of applications around social robots that are, you know, different form factors. So again, probably have seen or heard of the pepper robot, which went into a lot of banks. So we saw that a lot in 2018, when we were um, developing apps for banking and automotive. 
And uh, the Pepper robot initially, initially was designed in France, bought by SoftBank out of Japan, and then they've ended up stopping production on the on the Pepper. But it did get into a number of, of big banks, and even Humber River Hospital in Toronto has one as a greeter. So again, a lot of the applications, uh, again, very focused on sort of customer service, greeting, directing people um, into like, okay, showing them a map of the facility. Okay, here, where do you need to go? Okay, here's where you need to go. Or calling people ahead saying, okay, you have a meeting with so-and-so. Okay, let me know. I'll contact those people. Um, So that's sort of some of the um, enterprise level applications. I would say retirement homes are a little bit of a different market. And um, there are not that many retirement homes that are embracing this technology yet. They obviously have been through, you know, a huge crisis for the last couple of years. They have a lot of things they are trying to resolve at this point in terms of their processes. So, you know, trying to be patient and, and, um, and, you know, build awareness so that they can be used to address a problem that's really important to me, but obviously they, you know, they have to weigh all the different priorities and problems that they're trying to solve. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting how you look at things because it seems to me that Mindy could really help with a lot of processes and problems. <laughs> yeah, well, and I mean, the reason one of the reasons I chose this form factor um, is because it is quite affordable from my perspective. So it's about ten thousand US, twelve and a half thousand Canadian, you know, to buy the hardware and the sort of initial you know one year warranty on the on the performance of the product, and then thirty five hundred dollars a year for the content, the maintenance, remote tech support. And, and so I think that those numbers are reasonable, but when I speak to many retirement homes, they're like, oh, we'd love the idea, but we just don't have that money. And I'm like, wow, okay. Can I help you with fundraising? Like, what, you know, yeah. what, is it, what do you need? Right. So, so it's not just that, you know, yeah, you can do a one-time support, but they like, it's really just that idea of their, their whole budgeting process and their whole healthcare financing model, I think you know, is, is the issue that is, you know, is, is the biggest barrier right now. I think, you know, I've proven that, you know, they have, a, they have an impact, they're easy to use, they, you know, will continue to, to develop new apps and so forth. But, you know, I can't afford to like give a robot to everybody. I have to like actually yeah. find a way to make this a, you know, a business or not, you know, so. I, I would suggest that the, the place you've got to <laughs> take Mindy is like the family councils. You know, okay. so many, so many places have like yeah. a family council yeah. Yeah. and those are the family members, the loved ones of the residents who would say, yeah. oh my God, we've got to have this. And then they're going to do the fundraising facility doesn't need to. Oh, what a great idea. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I haven't thought about that. <laughs> I keep thinking, I keep, ta- you know, targeting the recreation leaders and they're thrilled with the concept. Yeah, yeah. They just don't have the budget authority. And I'm yeah. like, oh, the family council is where the budget decisions are made. Well, it's not even, I, they don't have budget decisions necessarily, but they have the ways and means to do fundraising. Right. Yeah. What you a great, yeah. Thank you. Because for, for every, every daughter that goes home, she's yeah. got like a dozen friends. Yes. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go fund me is going to just be yeah. going off crazy <laughs> with Mindy. <Yeah. laughs> oh, that's crazy. So it, it's interesting just seeing Mindy as is, and then talking to you about the, the potential and where you'd love to see her go. Uh, the sky really, truly is the limit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because, you know, we talk about aging at home. It's, it's the kind of the, 
it seems to be sort of all the rage. And I'm like, why would you want to age at home? Like, I just don't get it. <laughs> like, cause I know my grandmother, okay. My grandmother was living alone. She was forgetting to eat. She was like really declining. She must've been like maybe in at 89, 90 years old. Um, we finally got her into a, an assisted living facility, retirement home, whatever the word is. And uh, we thought she had maybe about six months to live. Like it was really like, oh, poor grandma. Well, oh my goodness, she just became alive and then you're surrounded by all these people and hallway bowling and all these activities that they did. And she lived until she was 97. I mean, it was wonderful, right? So to me, I have a very positive perception and relationship to assisted living facilities. I think that there are extraordinary ways to have people be connected and make new friendships and take care of each other and to engage with other people you know, even though I know you want to have your autonomy and you don't want to have to, you know, eat, you know, breakfast at 7.30 in the morning or whatever time, you know, you don't want to have to, you know, to people telling you what to do, but there are ways to, you know, to work around that, right? There's lots of different models now for um, retirement living that I think make a lot of sense. So hopefully that will include, you know, having a, a social robot in every retirement home in North America. That would be my dream. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. And it's funny you talking about your grandmother because I worked at one facility where we had a palliative care room. So, you know, for those last, because we were still on four bed wards, you know, for those last week or so, we finally got rid of the palliative care room because as soon as somebody moved in there, they would, you know, like they had their privacy, they had attention, they had, and it was a lovely room. They would live for a couple of years. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Oh <my> goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that just tell you everything you need to know about so many facilities? Yeah. Oh, dear. But, uh, yeah. oh yeah. that's great. My decided that she wants to be part of the interview as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's funny because mine is actually sleeping, but it's not unusual for her to offer an opinion through <laughs> through our talk. So, okay, where where can people go to see Mindy in action? Oh my goodness. Well, we have a website, socialrobots.ca. So it's robots with an S at the end. And then um, we're on Facebook. So social.robots. I think if you search for that, it's Social Robots Canada is the name. Uh, it's it's I'm available, you know, anywhere in the world. But so Social Robots Canada was the name I could get on Facebook. And then, um, yeah, I mean, those are the two probably most likely places, but we have all the different social media. I'm on Twitter and so forth. And my email, if people want to email me, lee at socialrobots.ca. And um, I look forward to hearing from you and, you know, making making this a, a regular thing. I honestly, I, I was so excited to be part of your uh, conversations. And when I saw your website and all the wonderful women you've had conversations with, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so great to feel part of a new community and and that's really what you're creating so thank you well and thank you for that because that was that, that is my goal long term is to have this you know community of amazing women so yeah yeah okay first of all I guess the links will be in the show notes I, I'm sort of dumbstruck here I'm just I love Mindy I think you're fantastic and you may have corrected me at the beginning but I still think you're brilliant even if you didn't create the original <laughs> body form Oh, dear. So that's great. Now, listeners, if you have comments on today's show, please talk to us. If you're listening at twoboomerwomen.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and leave comments there. We can be found at Apple or iHeartRadio or Spotify. Most places a person would listen to podcasts. Feel free to leave comments and stars and reviews. They help us grow. 
before you go, hit the subscribe or follow button and you'll be notified about future interviews with more of my great guests. And share this episode with all of your friends who have parents they can't see as much as they want to or parents in facility care. It's my expert opinion that Lee and Mindy are going places. This is just great. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would be a great guest, there's an application form at the website. Lee St. James, I got to say, I was writing out notes for this chat yesterday, and I was just getting so excited thinking about the potential of Mindy. And uh, I just really appreciate you sharing her uh, with us today. It's just amazing. Well, thank you for your generosity. It's been great. Have a great rest of the week. Thank you. Bye now. Bye.